Hey guys, welcome back to the Not Just a Bikini Gold podcast. And I'm super excited to have this lady on the podcast. I actually was been following her journey since she competed. Welcome Lauren Tickner to the podcast. I'm really excited to pick your brains competing wise and business wise. So welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be on today and I'm excited to hear about what you are what you're wanting to talk about. <laughs> so the notes that I've kind of got written down here is basically being a competitor and running a business, whether that is your own personal brand or whether you have competing as your kind of your full-time sort of role. I think it's something that isn't covered enough in the industry and obviously a lot of bikini athletes, they want to make leverage and maximise as many opportunities as they kind of can. So yeah, I'm really excited to pick your brains of what you think. I know that you've been able to come from competing and do a lot with your business. So for people that don't know you, be very surprised if they don't, but for people that don't know you, um, where has Lauren Tickner come from? Like, what's been the journey for you so far? Oh my gosh, okay. Well, I am 21 years old, so I mean, it sounds like it's going to be quite a short journey, but um, I've actually done a lot since then. So basically, long story short, I'll give a bit of background of kind of my fitness journey and then also my journey with building my personal brand and just doing everything that I do on social media. So I guess it kind of happened in tandem. Um, so I basically, I used to actually be overweight for my height. I was really unhappy and I kind of got bullied when I was in school. So firstly, I got bullied for that. And then I also got bullied again in the future. But like I say I got bullied. I was still friends with like, you know, how they call it, like all the cool people in school or whatever. But um, the boys in my year just weren't very nice. And so they just picked on everybody. Um, so it made me really, really uncomfortable about my body weight. People used to call me Mackie D's because my skin was shiny because like it was oily. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I ate super healthily, but... At the same time, yeah, I was overweight for my height. So I then ended up losing weight in a really unhealthy way, as I, I find that a lot of people do and a lot of people go through that, unfortunately. Um, however, the good thing is that I got to a stage where I was like, right, OK, I need to do something about this. I can't live this unhealthy lifestyle because I lost weight so rapidly and it was giving me anxiety attacks because I felt so weak. And I'd always suffered from anxiety, but it kind of came back because I hadn't had a panic attack for about 10 years because the last one I had before that was about six. Um, so it came back and I was like, right, okay, I can't live like this. I need to, lo- I need to um, be healthy. And so I Googled, I just remember vividly Googling how to gain weight in a healthy way. And everything that was coming up was about weight training. So I started weight training and I just fell in love with it. Honestly, I just really enjoyed it. I really liked it. I liked how it made me feel strong. I liked how it made me feel good. And I also liked the fact that I was focusing on building my body up rather than losing weight. So that was pretty much it. And then I'm a massive nerd and I really like to know the reason why behind everything. And like, I, it's kind of annoying because I mean, I wish sometimes I could just let things be, but I just, I get really like interested in everything. And so I was like, Oh my gosh, this whole training and this whole science-based movement, I need to know more. And so I just remember reading while I was working in a job in asset management when I was 18. So I basically left school, went straight into that job. Um, I just remember I hated that job so much. And what I would do the whole time is I'd finish my work really fast because I I just like to get stuff done. Like I just like to get it done and not faff about and just get it done so that I can have the free time um, to do whatever I want. So I would like get my work done super fast and then I'd just sit there for hours and hours and hours reading kind of blogs by like Alan Aragon, Lyle McDonald, Eric Helms and all the people at 3DMJ, Shredded by Science and all that lot. And I just remember reading these blogs and then like if there would be a word in the blog that I saw that I didn't understand, I would just Google it. 
Because it's only fun, like, nowadays. I mean, people are always just, like, asking all these random questions that you could just Google the answer so easily. And, like, this is a massive thing for me because, I mean, I get a lot of people asking me questions. And I'm just like, you could just Google that? Yeah. So I I would then Google the the word or whatever. Then I'd be researching that word for, like, an hour. And that was how I kind of built my knowledge up around evidence-based training and nutrition. And admittedly, I don't really talk about kind of training and nutrition as much as I used to. But I'm still, I still love it and I'm still really interested in it. I still listen to a ton of podcasts. Like I even interviewed Danny Lennon yesterday from Sigma Nutrition Radio for my own podcast. And then like I still, other podcasts that I would say are awesome are like Shredded by Scientists podcast. Oh my gosh, there's so many out there where you can find so much cool information. So anyway, I've gone on a massive tangent here, but that goes away. But anyway, so uh, pretty much I would always get people ask me when back when I was like 17, when I first got into weightlifting, like, do you compete? And I was like, no, what is this? And I just remember kind of being on social media and I think I saw people like Paige Hathaway and I think she was competing at that stage or something. I don't really remember too much now, but I remember I found Amanda Latona. Oh my God, yeah. She was, for me, sorry, she was that person that like got me into competing. I swear, yeah. Amanda Latona, I was like, oh. Yeah, exactly. Like, I saw her when I was 18, and I was like, oh, my God, she looks amazing. She's really cool. And I, like, became obsessed with her. <laughs> and, yeah, um, same it, same it. Yeah, literally. And so, yeah, I mean, I don't really remember exactly how I kind of got the whole idea of competing, but I had a few friends that were competing, and I'd see it online, and I was like, this is cool. I went and watched a friend compete, um, and then I was like, yeah, I want to do this. I'm just going to commit to it. So then I did it. The first time around, my prep was, like, super, like, bad. <laughs> um, yeah, I didn't have, like, my coach didn't really know what he was doing with women at the time. He's now an am- amazing, incredible coach. But, like, at the time, it wasn't his speciality. He'd never coached a woman before, let alone for a bikini competition. And then I basically went into my first prep with um, the guys from Shredded by Science. So it's this guy called Lawrence from Shredded by Science, and they basically, yeah, prepped me, and I was still able to eat a load of calories. I was doing absolutely no cardio. And then, yeah, I ended up competing, I think, four times overall. I did. I was doing UKBFF at the time, which obviously has now, like, totally changed. But, yeah, so that's that's it, really. Amazing. So what was the transition? Would you, would you say that you were still – I'm trying to think of your timeline, journey. So you had your – you were competing were you still you were still kind of doing business related things or was it kind so, of so yes I was competing when I was 19 and I'm 21 now so um it wasn't like last summer that's just gone it was the one before that so I mean obviously that was quite a while ago now but it still feels quite fresh in my mind I during the time that I was competing was when I was kind of just like focusing on sharing it all across social media um and it was at the same time as I was like writing my ebooks so like my training ebooks and stuff but I always kind of made it clear like to everybody I'm on prep this is bikini competition this isn't how you should be training or eating or wanting to look because this is totally different to kind of the norm as it were like this isn't a normal thing this is a competition and so I just made that really really clear so this was also while I was at university so kind of just to backtrack a bit I was 18 quit my job in asset management went to university to university of Bath I then was there like so my peak week was my freshest week oh wow yeah so that was interesting (laughs) interesting I can imagine it's probably the best word oh wow so was you yeah, how did you do peak week and freshest week? Like, 
Would you just do loads of water loading? Or, like, how did you go about doing that? No, not... I didn't do any water loading or anything like that. I think, um, like, realistically, for with regards to kind of, like, a bikini competitor, I don't think water loading would be kind of, you know... It's not really... It's not necessary, if I'm honest. Um, just to say it, like, in the most polite way. <laughs> just... But um, anyway, so um, no, didn't do water loading, didn't do anything like that, never did anything crazy. I am one of these people where I just think that, you know, obviously bikini com- competitions aren't a very balanced thing, but I wanted to always try and do everything to the most balanced degree as possible. So, you know, I still went out, I still drank, I still had fun. I just was like, you know, I'm I'm 19 years old. It doesn't really matter that much because I wasn't competing in like IFBB or anything crazy. So it wasn't really that important. Uh, and yeah like I just need you know I needed to make it clear to my audience as well that I was doing this for my for fun and I I wasn't doing it to you know I wasn't getting too worried about winning or anything and I wasn't gonna let it take away from other areas of my life yeah I see what you mean so do you think I've got an interesting question for you do you think that the social media follow that you got you've been growing for a few years now haven't you so do you think competing because you do see in, the, in on Instagram, you, you see people say, oh, people just go into competition just to get Instagram followers and stuff like that. Did you think that your Instagram following was, like, growing more before competing, during competing, or after competing? Just kind of interesting to hear. Yeah, it's actually really interesting that you bring that up, because I was talking about this with my boyfriend uh, a few days ago, because he was saying, like, competing sure, must have helped you grow your following and all this stuff, and I was just adamant that it didn't. And I really don't think it did because I think that, you know, if you're competing and you want to compete for a long time into the future, then that's great. Then you should post about that on social media because then you'll gain the followers who are also interested in that. Whereas, like, I was competing, but at this stage, I didn't really know too much about social media. I didn't know too much about personal branding. And I wasn't really thinking about kind of like the long term because if I had thought about the long term, then competing probably wouldn't have been the best thing for me just for my personal brand because personally like I know long term that the people that I realistically can help to the best of my degree they're not competitors and it's not necessarily even just the fitness industry so I think like if you're someone who of course like you know for you you for an example obviously this podcast is helping bikini competitors so for you it's going to be a great idea to compete because you can then show the whole journey of competing and all whereas like yeah so for me I think like at that period of time I genuinely believe if I hadn't have competed I would have been able to have grown my following even more because I wouldn't have isolated so many people because competing is a niche if you think about it in real business terms it's a niche you've got bikini competitions you have power competitions you've got all sorts of different niches out there within the fitness industry and just within the world in general and so you know you've obviously gone all in in this bikini competition niche which is awesome for you because that means you know in the future you might be able to then expand your personal brand in order to do coaching for bikini competitors or you might even be able to then in the future have a massive business which is a bikini prep business that also sells bikini competition jewelry bikinis like shoes all that so anyway this is just my business brain like worrying right now but um yeah like that's just kind of it really so I think I think yeah I mean I think it probably helped me gain bikini competitors to follow me but I think the majority of them have unfollowed me now interesting you say that as well because literally three weeks ago you know you mentioned about bikinis jewelry shoes I've literally just set up a business <laughs> called Compact which does all of that so I'm like yes 
Amazing. Um, yeah. I just like pre-stage, backstage essential. So you like, you know, like duvet sets, rice cakes, bikini bite, like the whole shebang. I love it. Time. But um, I mean, yeah, I find that really interesting actually that you mentioned that because it's still, even though it's massive on Instagram, it is still a niche in itself. Um, and I think it's, I don't know, it's interesting when you think about it from a business standpoint. I've noticed myself that I just get people who compete who are obviously, so I get people that follow me who obviously compete as well. But maybe from a business standpoint, that it's not, I guess it's not a good thing or bad thing. It's just, I guess, how you manage that maybe in terms of when you set up a business. Um, Because obviously the competing audience, so say like you're you're doing shoes, just for competitors, yeah, you're going to be dealing with like, what, 5%, 1% of the population. Whereas if you're looking to go to everyone, then you're obviously going to be, well, your, your market is a lot bigger. Your market is a lot bigger. I would say I would say your market is not a lot bigger actually. Um, like okay, so just as an example, so if you're if you're trying to market to everybody, you're not gonna make sales because you're just gonna be okay. I'm gonna just try break it down and give a, a, a personal brand as an example. So let's okay. So let's take let's pretend I am just trying to help everybody in the fitness industry. One day I'm talking about paleo. One day I'm talking about keto. One day I'm talking about intermittent fasting. One day I'm talking about clean eating. One day I'm talking about if it fits your macros. So I'm talking about all these different things. And then this means that like my audience is going to be really confused. And it means that my audience are never going to really get a clear message from me. And it means also as well that my audience is like never going to be able to love me because my audience is seeing all these different confusing things. They may even think that I'm contradicting myself. Um, and so the thing is, what happens when you really go all in on a specific niche is that the people feel like they are getting talked directly like they feel like you are talking directly to them so if I'm always banging on about personal branding some people might find that bloody annoying and they're like I don't want a personal brand I just want to work my nine-to-five I love my nine-to-five and I want to work this job I don't care about being an entrepreneur I don't want to be an entrepreneur I don't want to build my personal brand I'm too scared to build my personal brand and it doesn't appeal to me I don't want that and you know me talking about personal branding that is gonna make these other people hate me because I'm making these videos where it's like quit your corporate job you've got to live a life that you love like I mean I'm I'm always talking about this and so that is totally you know isolating these people away from me and it's making these people think that I'm a bit of a dick sorry can I swear yeah yeah I swear all the time on this podcast okay fine um so anyway (laughs) so yeah pretty much is like I'm now going all in on that niche it's just like when I was in the fitness industry I went all in on tracking macros and I still do today like I'm it's not like I'm I'm out of the fitness industry I am still definitely in the fitness industry but um I went all in on tracking macros and look there are some people out there who are like oh tracking macros is disordered you shouldn't do that but I went all in on tracking macros because I know that it means if I'm explaining tracking macros, how to calculate your macros, how to adjust your macros and teaching them how to do it, they're going to really feel like I'm speaking directly to them and they're really going to like the message I'm sharing and then in the future they will buy my product. And so it's kind of, that's just how it works. Like it's just how it works in business. So you see, for example, like let's take any business that like the majority of businesses who really are earning the big profits they go all in in on one thing it's very rare for like someone like amazon to come in to then be selling absolutely everything and still making these mad profits but at the end of the day that's just like one company you really do see the biggest kind of 
the biggest results when you really go all in on something. And it's like if you're a, if you're a fitness coach and you don't have a niche, then people will just go to the person who is the expert in that field. So let's say I don't know, like there's a there's an expert who's an expert for doing uh, coaching for bikini competitors. You're more likely to go to that person than to some random ass coach who is just like trying to coach everyone and their dog, you know. So, <laughs> but it's just true, and it's just it's just the way the world works. I don't know. I mean, it makes sense. Yeah, it, it makes a lot of sense. I think. So, I guess from the perspective of people that listen to this podcast right now, maybe they are doing their nine to five and they've got their side hustle, or maybe they have gone all in. Yeah. Um, how do they start to kind of build that personal brand? Maybe they're just starting out or maybe they've just been going for maybe like a year. Like what would be your tips of someone that is looking to kind of fully maximize, I guess, on competing? Because you've got, to, I think in the competing world, you've got two different sorts of people. You've got the people that want to just do it for a laugh and for a bit of a, you know, just for the experience. That's like me. Um, pardon? <laughs> like you. Like me. <laughs> Um, and then you've got potentially the other side, which very much, they want to be an IFBB pro, they want to get a career out of it, they maybe want to be the next Ryan Terry in the industry, I don't know. Um, yeah. So I guess from those two different sorts of people, obviously I guess we're talking more that people who want the long-term career, uh, but mm. what would be your tips to that person? Because obviously the competing world, even though it's still kind of-ish small, I think it's, it's in, some, in some areas it's quite saturated. So for example... I personally think that everyone seems to be this expert on glutes, but no one seems to be an expert on shoulders. You see what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I guess uh, what sort of tips would you have for someone in that position? Yeah, sure. I think the first thing to realize uh, for anybody who's listening to this who does want a long-term career in competing is that the competing itself isn't going to be what earns you the money. The personal brand is going to be what earns you the money. And I think when people begin to realize this, they're going to start taking it a lot more seriously. Just think about how much time and effort you put into your prep, okay? If you were to put that time and effort into building your personal brand – Take it from me, you would be a lot more successful in the long term. Now, here's the crazy thing. People will, like, wake up super early to do their cardio. They'll then prep all their meals. They'll then spend so much energy training and all this stuff. But then it comes to posting on Instagram, and they're like, oh, I can't be bothered to do that. It's too too time-consuming. I don't have any good photos and all this. And the thing is, you really need to really focus in on this every single day um, in order to get the results. And so the thing is, um, as well for anyone who's listening to this who doesn't quite realize the importance of building that online presence, is it can open up so many doors to you. Um, and I think another thing is, okay, I'm, I'm just going to be kind of listing out a ton of different things here because there's so much to it. But I just want to, I just want to say everything that kind of comes to my mind. Um, so one thing that's massive for the world of competing is people are always wanting to find a sponsor. And I've been there, you know, I've been that person who's been desperate to get sponsored by someone and who's like thought, Oh, if I compete, I'll get sponsored. And I was just always thinking that getting sponsored was the be all and end all. But here's the crazy thing. It's not. <laughs> you won't you won't earn a lot of money from it unless you are seriously, seriously, really well known. I mean, I at the moment on my social media uh, profiles combined, I've got almost two hundred thousand followers. And even for me now, if I was to get a sponsor who was paying me a monthly salary, it's still not very good money. 
Just to put it into perspective for you, it's nothing compared to, you know, if you're someone who's really wanting to earn a six-figure income through this whole thing, which is very possible. It's not that type of money. Just, yeah, just trust me. It's no one else. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> no, I, I like this honesty, though. I like the honesty. It's not very... Yeah, for sure, for yeah. sure. It's it's just really important to talk about. And again, people are always afraid to talk about money. The reason why I won't say exact figures is because, obviously, I can't name and shame the companies who have offered... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. So yeah, but it's just know that and just know it's seriously true. And so that's why I am such an advocate for kind of your own products and your building up your own personal brand. So like I basically help other people build their personal brand in my course. I also do one-to-one mentoring as well with like a few people. They're normally entrepreneurs who I do that with. But um anyway, so I always teach them, you know, focus on your own personal brand before before being sponsored by somebody else's personal, not personal, by, yeah. <laughs> because I'm building a personal brand before uh, trying to get sponsored or by like, you know, pr- promoting other people's brand really. Um, so I've made this mistake for sure. I think um, I've been sponsored by companies before where I really focused on promoting their products. Um, and if anyone's been following me for a while, I'm sure you know the company I'm talking about. But um, yeah, in hindsight, you know, I probably shouldn't have done that. And I should have focused more on my own brand, my own my own messaging and also my own products, because that's what's going to earn me the long term money. And not, it's not even just about that. Like, you know, you need to make you need to eat. You need to get yeah, well, this is the thing. Like, it's trying to get that balance because people are kind of scared to talk about money in that sense. And I always have the opinion of. Profit isn't a dirty word. It's how you use it. I think money is just the byproduct of the value that you put out in the world. Um, And a lot of people think that is bad. But hey, anyway, we've gone on a tangent here. So um, so with regards to yeah, what you need to do in order to really get this long term career in the fitness industry. And if you really want to make the most of your whole competing is document everything that you're doing, but also focus on providing value to people. And I think one thing, the biggest thing actually that I never realized people struggled so much with, um, and it's been the number one kind of piece of, I guess, when people are kind of like in the first couple of weeks into the course that I've just brought about building their personal brand the biggest thing that they've really struggled with is consistency because I teach them you need to be consistent and they are just mind blown by this but it's it is so fundamental so you need to provide consistent value to your audience and when you're doing this you need to focus on your target audience so if you're someone who is a bikini competitor and you're wanting to attract other bikini competitors or if you're maybe not like if you're if you're wanting to attract i don't know young girls who are wanting to get into bikini competitions but they still need to build a bit of muscle first then what you really need to be doing is you need to be providing valuable information to that target audience and before anything and before you even start posting social media you need to know who your target audience is because realistically if you don't have a target audience then you're just going to be like I was talking about earlier you won't have a niche and then you won't be able to really really become top of mind because you want top of mind awareness that's what your end goal should be so for me at the moment my 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 goal as it were I mean I haven't really you know I've never really thought this massively but I guess it is my goal is becoming the person who is the go-to figure within the world of personal branding that's just that's that's what I want to of mind awareness in and so I want to you know establish myself 
as a industry leader when it comes to personal branding. Now, if this is you and if you're wanting to do it in the world of bikini competitions or whatever, then you need to really make sure that you're always focusing on that target audience and that person that you want to help. And so, you know, consistent consistency means every single day. And not only that, but you also need to have two social media platforms. So obviously, you've got your podcast and your Instagram, which is amazing. Um, other people... Other people might choose to have a YouTube as well, but it's really like you need to be getting on either video or audio. Instagram alone isn't enough nowadays, and Instagram stories doesn't count to any of the listeners. So, <laughs> you know what? I was just about to ask you that as well. I was like, does Instagram stories count? <laughs> no, Instagram story does not count. Instagram story is a great accessory, and I kind of would say Instagram story, Twitter, Facebook, they're all good for distributing your content. But what it's all about is all about having these two main channels. So for me, it started being my Instagram and my YouTube. Now I obviously have a podcast as well, and I have another podcast coming out as well. But that's because now I've obviously quit my corporate job, I've quit university, and now I'm all in on this personal branding thing. Um, and it's my full time. My it is how I am. Money. I've also outsourced certain things. But for people when they're in the first stages, look, this has happened to me real fast. Like this time last year, I was no way at this stage. Um, I only dreamed of getting to this stage, but it just goes to show that you can do it. And that, you know, I think the biggest takeaway from everything that I've just said is like, you need to realize that your income and your, your big career in the fitness industry isn't going to come from competing alone. And it's not going to come from sponsors. It's going to become, it's going to come from, from your personal brand and the products that you bring out through your personal brand. Because look, people, I mean, I've always, yeah, like you just need to think, okay, what products can I bring out? And you need to build up this online presence before doing that. But you don't even need a ton of followers, you know. I know I have a couple people who are on my course who are already earning, like, I won't say obviously the exact amount of money, but it's over and above 5K a month through their personal brand. And yeah, they've got under like 15K followers. One of them's got like way less than that. And so, it's just about, you know, like I was talking about earlier, really going all in on that niche. And the way they're doing it is through coaching. So I'm not sure whether you're going to carry on. So I was like, oh, wait, so she's just... <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> yeah, because it is a big thing, this sponsorship malarkey. And mm. people, I know people do tend to chase it quite a lot. Um, but I guess for, for what you're saying is, if people are struggling with their business or trying to, you know, you say mentioned about consistency, but I personally feel like competing has taught me so much, not just about how to get a great physique, but how to build that mindset, have time management. And I think the way that you kind of go about your prep, I think is very much the same as how you should go about your business as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I think what we should probably go on to next is like productivity maybe and like time management. Cause I know they're yeah. two biggest things when you are a competitor, and it's probably something that I'm going to be coming up against myself, if I'm honest, because I've just started, for my, started prepping for my shows in September, and, you know, when prep brain comes in, your energy gets quite low, and you, obviously, if you're trying, do you think you can build both a body and a business at the same time in the competing industry, and if you can, like, what sort of tips and things do you think competitors need to maybe start implementing, or just be aware of when they go into that prep, and they're trying to build their businesses? I don't think you can do both to your best degree at the same time. I think that with anything in life, if you're trying to do more than one thing at once, then it's you're not going to be able to put 100% into everything. You know, there's the word you have 
it's like what is your priority it's not what are your priorities because if there's the plural it's not a priority you know there's more than one thing there then so it's really about focusing on one thing at once obviously you can do both at once but I think you're just going to have to realize you know it's, it's probably not going to be to the best of your degree um to your best uh, ability sorry and I I also think that you know it also depends how you prep if you're prepping sensibly and if you're doing it in a smart way then you should be fine and you know it hopefully shouldn't be too much of an issue but if you are finding that it is too much of an issue I think you really need to think okay what do I really want more um and you need to think um, am I actually at a stage in my business where I can afford to be competing? Because there are going to be some times when you're going to have to not compete if you really want long-term success in your business. Um, and I think that that's really important for people to come to terms with. And I think, like, you know, competing is always going to be there, but the potential for a business to grow may not always be there. 100%. So when you come to, say you've got people, say you've got a client that comes to you, they're bikini capacitor, and you're talking about consistency again, and I know about like, oh, I, I want to be consistent, but I look like shit half the time when you're on prep. Do you think that person should post maybe those times when they do look a bit naff, if that makes sense? Cause I know on Instagram, it's all about the aesthetics. It's all about the visuals. And sometimes you just don't look like that. Like, you're looking at me right now with this most disgusting pineapple hair. Uh, and to be honest, I probably wouldn't post an Instagram photo looking like this. So how do people go about trying to build that personal brand and build, you know, show the real side of them? But at the same time, you've got that pressure. Do you see what I'm coming from here? You've got that pressure of yeah, yeah, of course. kind of always perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm big on this. I mean, this is the thing. I think, again, it's when you need to kind of think, you know, who is my target audience and who am I trying to attract? Because, like, for me at the moment, I, if I wanted to, like, I, I probably would just post a photo being like, hey, I'm just sat here working. Like, I can work wearing this looking like crap because I'm my own boss, you know? Um, like, I could probably, I probably would post something like that because that's going to attract my target audience. Whereas, like, it, it really depends. Like, if you're wanting to be this person who's trying to attract people who you can then coach through a bikini competition, then maybe it's not going to be the best idea to post when you're looking like crap because these people aren't going to want to then be coached by you. But at the same time, I do think it is still very valuable to be open and honest um, because, look, everybody knows that social media isn't reality. And you can do those side-by-side posts where it's like Instagram versus reality. We've all seen them. Um, and those posts where it's like showing morning versus night and stuff. Um, and like these are posts that I used to do them all the time. I haven't actually done one for quite a while. I just haven't really thought of it, if I'm honest. Um, <laughs> it's just been off my agenda. But yeah, like I think, um, I think, yeah, I mean, it's just, it really, it all comes down to who is your target audience. And that's how you should align your social media content strategy. I think like a lot of people don't realize like every person who's doing, okay think about it this way right I had someone on my podcast who said this the other day and it made me really think business media not social media like it's not social media you're going on there to promote your business um and if like for anybody who's wanting long-term success in the fitness industry that's what it is it's just a way to promote your business um yeah <laughs> I think that's really interesting who said that a guy called Craig Ballantyne so it's this podcast that'll be up in like a week or so oh. When you're mentioning about, so sorry, I'm kind of going off a tangent again. So you've got people that 
So the reason that I did the podcast personally was I just didn't get on well with YouTube. And I've had people ask me, like, oh, when are you going to do, like, a YouTube channel? But I just, personally, I just enjoy doing Instagram and I enjoy doing podcasts. And that's just kind of what, right now, what I kind of like to do. So would you say that people have to be on certain platforms when it comes to competing in order to build their brand? Do you think people can kind of do a bit of a pick and mix? Just Do you have to do all platforms? Like, what is your opinion on that? Um, so it really depends on where you're strong at. So I basically have this like little thing that helps people choose how to, um, how to select their platforms. But basically, are you good on video? Then if yes, then obviously you need to do video. But I think people either need to do be, be doing video or audio of some sort. So if you're not good on video and you hate it and you're never going to be good at it, then you need a podcast. Um, but I think like, I think really, I think for the majority of people in the fitness industry, um, YouTube is going to be great, but it's all about giving those informative videos. And I guess it also depends, you know, are you a coach? If it's, it's such a case by case basis and it so depends on what people are good at. Um, I know for me, for sure, like if I'd never done YouTube, I don't think I would be where I am today just because I, you need to kind of think about it's again, I keep mentioning it, but it's like your target audience. Who are they? Where are they hanging out? So if you're a bikini competitor, it's likely that they're on YouTube and Instagram. So that means you should be on YouTube and Instagram. If you're trying to target, you know, really high level powerlifters who want to know the most in-depth stuff about their powerlifting competitions then podcasts are probably going to be really good um if you're trying to target middle-aged mums who have just had kids then you've got to be on facebook so yeah it really depends on that target audience and it also depends what you're good at and what you like and enjoy so i think you've obviously done it really well given that you don't like video <laughs> i don't know why i just i was trying with youtube for ages last year and I was actually listening to podcasts throughout my whole prep last year and I met my mindset uh, kind of mentor through that. And yeah. I, oh, you thought about doing a podcast? And I was like, no. But then I kind of realised that there was, every single time he was talking through these podcasts, I was like, oh, like, this is great. He's talking about American soccer players. But I was like, oh, well, what about, like, bikini capacities? And I was trying to find yeah. something. I thought, oh, I can't find fucking anything. And it was, like, really, really frustrating me. And I just kind of thought, right, I just think to, if there's not, if there's nothing out there, then hopefully I can just try and help a few people out. And that's kind of how it's all sort of started. So what is your opinion then on, I see quite a lot of people who do bikini competitions, but then are trying to prep, not trying to prep, they're trying to coach people, like just everyday like, mm. people. Um for whatever reason, maybe it's because they generally want to help more people, a, a wider audience, or whether they haven't got that knowledge there. So do you think that if you are, say, a bikini competitor, then you should only help bikini competitors? Does that make yeah, sense? No, I think that's a really good question, actually. Um, so basically, I was thinking about this earlier when you mentioned something, but I think a lot of people shouldn't compete, shouldn't coach bikini competitors because even if they're even if they are a bikini competitor because I think there's a lot of stuff that you need to know for example like you know there are so many things about peak week and stuff where people think oh my gosh you need to be manipulating all these things for a bikini competitor but the truth of the matter is like for a bikini competitor you don't need to do that stuff and just because your coach once upon a time has taught you that you need to do that it isn't necessarily it doesn't necessarily mean that it needs to happen that way so I think just the first thing is for any coaches out there 
Um, you really need to make sure that you're up to date with the latest evidence-based training and nutrition. I don't care whether you think it's cool to be a bro or whatever. Evidence-based is the way forward. You need to be following people like some of the people I mentioned earlier. Um, like seriously, it's so important, especially if you're wanting to coach bikini competitors, because realistically, some of these people are going to really want to be serious. And it's such a, it's, it's a very, it's a stage where, you know, people, there's potential for people to get kind of emotionally attached to their preps and their bodies and all this stuff. So it's really, really important. So yeah, I mean, I think it, it depends on personal preference as well. Like how much experience do you have? Do you think you are able to coach these people? Do you think you really know enough? I think, you know, you should also, you just have to be very self-aware um, and just really think, am I really, really knowledgeable? Even though, like, despite the fact that I say I am extremely knowledgeable when it comes to training and nutrition, I don't mean that in a cocky way. It's just like I love researching. Um, I would never coach a bikini competitor or a, a, any sort of physique competitor because I don't want that stress. You know, it's a lot of stress um, and there's so much potential for I think, yeah, it's just not something that I'd want to do. Um, but if it is something that you want to do, yeah, you just really need to make sure that you are doing a lot of research all the time. <laughs> Definitely. And just, uh, I guess, for what, this sounds really horrible, like, I just, what I find really uncomfortable is people that do one bikini show and then suddenly they're coaches mm. and they haven't got that knowledge and they haven't got that background and they haven't kind of put that work in. So I think that's really important what you mentioned about, mate, you know, just, yes, if you like, look again, you, I think what you just said every single time target audience who is your target audience and mm. what can you do to order in order to serve them properly i guess at the same time i have having yeah. that responsibility um another question that i kind of got for you in terms of personal branding how do you go about say you've got clients again i'm going back to bikini competitors because this is where my audience is um because yeah. people struggle with personal branding of what people worried about what people are going to say about them worried about maybe they're a little bit unsure of what their personal brand is so how would you go about helping someone who probably is struggling a little bit or just kind of a bit nervous to start because it can be really really nervous I think when you're first starting to post on social media a bit more and talking about your bikini kind of journey because a lot of I, I remember being quite quiet about it when I first started because it, no one really knew about it like literally no one had a clue so yeah if, if that hopefully that gives you a bit of a good enough question i don't think that was yeah good. sure so i think like the reason why so many people are kind of embarrassed about it is because yeah well they're worried about what their friends are gonna say here's the truth i mean i got bullied when i first started um like i was saying at the beginning the boys in my year would like take photos and post it on instagram taking the piss out of me um and it's because i was posting about my fitness journey and i wasn't even at this stage you know intending to build a personal brand or anything i didn't even know what a personal brand was then um but here's the truth like everyone already has a personal brand like that's the thing i mean whatever your personal brand is literally i don't know it's like it is your reputation it's what people say about you when you're not there so it's really just kind of you being you and nothing else <laughs> so it's just about um you need to think if you're struggling to if you're struggling to firstly figure out what is my personal brand i mean a good little exercise is just to write down a list of things that you like write down a thing a list of things that you are good at 
Um, and then you pretty much have your personal brand right there. <laughs> so then you need to think, okay, what are my three key pillars going to be? So for you, it's obviously bikini competitions. Like, I don't know if there's anything else in particular or if you've just gone all in on bikini, but it's, you know, bikini, health and fitness, let's just say, um, they all relate. But for me, it could be entrepreneurship fitness because that's really important to me as well and then I always talk about like productivity and just getting stuff done so there's three pillars that I talk about um and obviously uh personal branding like falls down under kind of the whole entrepreneurship thing and so like every time I go to post on social media I make sure that my content that I'm about to post relates to one of those pillars so this is a really good way to kind of um to get a good understanding and an idea of what it is that you want to talk about now uh, I think like it's again really important to think what is the niche here because it's all well and good just being like health and fitness and not ever going in deep but you need to go in deep because well in order to have success that's the niche is genuinely going to be where you do well so like with regards to I could just be posting about entrepreneurship the whole time telling people to hustle hard and all this stuff but I've just gone really all in on personal branding um and staying healthy as an entrepreneur because like I built my personal brand up all around fitness so now I'm focusing on this because I know my audience is already interested in fitness but I'm focusing a bit more specifically on the whole entrepreneurship side of it so it's just about thinking okay what do I enjoy what actually relates to my life and where can I help people um because you know you have to build your personal brand up around something that you enjoy but that's not to say that you can't pivot in the future again as an example I was purely but I was about bikini competitions at one point and I've totally pivoted and the funny thing is I built my first 70 ish thousand followers through doing recipes like literally just recipes and stuff so it's just kind of crazy how things change but I think that you just you can't be afraid because if you're afraid then you're just going to get held back from doing the thing that you really want to do and that's not helping anybody and it's just going to get you stuck in doing something that you hate. I'm stuck in a rut potentially as well. Mm. So you spent you mentioned there about productivity getting stuff done um so what would be like your top three tips for someone if they're struggling to get shit done basically on their prep and in business yeah for sure so wake up earlier you know you need to wake up at a good time I think a lot of competitors wake up at a good time anyway but do you have a morning routine if not you need a solid morning routine and the thing is you don't need to focus the whole morning routine on doing tons of crazy stuff you need to literally just you know have a few solid things that set the tone to be a productive positive day so for example what I do every I wake up in the morning I have a wake up light wake up lights are game changers um so it wakes me up and then get out of bed straight away don't check my social media or anything I get out of bed um and just the first thing I do is well I kind of while I'm lying in bed I say like to myself I say kind of some positive affirmations I get straight out of bed and then go to the toilet have a wee then wash my face brush my teeth and then I'm pretty much like uh well I'll journal and then I go downstairs and I work for an hour. Um, that's my morning routine. Like the working for the hour is obviously after the morning routine's ended. But yeah, so like this is just what works really well for me. Um, another thing is like making sure that you schedule everything really, really well because it's really easy to kind of 
put things off especially when you're on prep I think um but the biggest thing with this is like making sure that you have two things every day that are gonna get that done that day no matter what you shouldn't have a massive long to-do list to-do lists that are super long are pointless uh it's much better to have these big two or three tasks that you're gonna get done and then if you achieve more then that's great if not then it doesn't matter but these two big tasks every single day have to be things that are going to be taking you towards your goal now i think an issue here is when you're on prep these ta- this task could be cardio and your weight session and like that no i don't mean that that's habitual already if it's something that's already habit to you it can't go on the to-do list yeah. it could be something that say you're trying to build your personal brand up at the same time it could be taking a photo for instagram and then also recording and editing a youtube video that's just an example um so yeah it's like things like that and then i guess my third tip um i think it would just be to also realize that you know like you need to actually take some time off as well uh i'm sure i've had a victim of this i've really struggled to take time off i love working but it's important for your long-term success (laughs) even in business or in competing you've really got to just manage yourself as much as you can and avoid that burnout because i i completely feel you on this i'm guilty of it myself so bad and i've started to now get into a really solid routine now that in the morning no social media in the evening no social media and just cutting that stuff out and even for me personally like i used to go to the gym and feel like i have to listen to music what happened one day forgot my headphones i thought right well better try and get on with this gym session do you know what most productive freaking gym session because i've just had all these distractions yeah. Um, yeah. I know that's going to have a bit of a tangent, but yeah, it's just avoiding that burnout and especially social media, but social media burnout as well, I think is really, really important, mm-hmm. not just for productivity, but I think for your mindset as well, to avoid comparing yourself so much, because that's something that I think all competitors are guilty of, of just com- constantly comparing yourself um, and being on social media too much as well. I think that's a big one. Yeah, for sure. No, definitely. I think social media is great, but I don't scroll social media. Um, I never do ever really. I mean, the only time I'm ever on social media is if, I, if I'm posting. Um, I think it's really boring. I mean, I, <laughs> just personally, I genuinely think it's like I there. I I go and check specific accounts that I want to check at like actually to read their captions because I know I'm going to learn something but just scrolling is just such a waste of time like it's it's such a waste of time I I just don't believe that people can spend so many hours like I didn't even know what the explore page looked like until a few weeks ago and it's like crazy because obviously I people would think that I spend a lot of time on social media but I don't um and when you, like I said earlier, kind of thinking of it as business media, not social media, it kind of changed your opinion of it. I think people do scroll on social media if they're trying to avoid doing something that they mm-hmm. either are scared to do or they really need to get done and they're just not in that sort of like headspace. My I myself was guilty of that with social media at the gym and all the time. And I have definitely noticed, not just from a business standpoint, but productivity mindset, by just taking myself off it more and more and more, I'm actually able to put in a lot more like effort and yeah. time and energy, for example, into this podcast and into the business and just into everything like outside of the social media realm, just like in general. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. I think we've pretty much, I think we've covered loads. I'm just trying to look at my notes right now. Uh, we've pretty much covered everything. Is there anything that you think we, we haven't like kind of touched on? 
No, I think it's been a great episode, and I think the listeners are gonna get a lot of uh, a lot of value out of this one. I hope so. I hope so because we haven't mentioned, as I say to you, we haven't done much on the business side, but I think it's definitely something that a lot of people have on the back of their minds. So thank you so much for coming on. And if people want to, you know, connect with you or learn more about this online course that you've mentioned, I know that it does look really, really good. So where can people kind of find you for all of that? Yeah, so I'm on Instagram at Lauren Tickner. I also am on YouTube, Lauren Tickner as well. <laughs> but um, I'll give you the links to everything. But as the people who are listening right now, as you're listening on a podcast, I also have a podcast called The Business Meets Fitness Podcast. Um, so I'm sure you'll love that because we talk all things business and fitness on that. So there's a lot of valuable information, especially if you are someone who is in the fitness industry wanting to build your personal brand and your online business. There's a lot of stuff on there. And I also have a free email training for anybody who is wanting to build an online fitness business. So I can share the link that with uh, for that with you so you can put it in the show notes. Um, because, yeah, it's super valuable and there's a lot of info there. So, yeah, I'll share it with you. The podcast is really good, by the way, guys. I do listen to it. I do dip in and out. Oh. I like it. I do you know what? It sounds silly. I can't wait. I'm not weirdo. I can't wait for my cardio to come back into prep because it's just my podcast hour. I love it. <laughs> I literally look at it. I was like, when's my cardio coming in? He's like, why are you asking me this? I'm like, because it's podcast hour. I'm so excited. <laughs> and he's just like, you're so strange. But um, also, thank you so much for coming on. And if you guys have enjoyed this episode or the others, or you just like the podcast in general, please do go and leave a review and let us know if you have found this helpful, if you've taken any any action from it, which is always great to hear. And um, yeah, we'll see you guys in the next episode.